Quick, come up with something funny to say. Hello? Yo. Bork. Oh, that's really cool. Somehow I think you're lying. Uh-huh. Oh, fail. Oh. Ah! Bad Philosophy, episode 70, recorded on August 8th, 2010. The internet says no. Hello, everyone. Welcome in. One, two, Bad Philosophy. Upsetting the balance of reality one rabbit trail at a time. Snoochie boochies! We're going to be talking Kevin Smith today. If you're not familiar with him, oh. you should be. What's, okay. what's wrong with you? Oh. It, what, what, Kevin? What? What? You, you what, actually you're... said snoochie boochies. Yes. What? <laughs> I mean, like, okay, yes, we're talking about Kevin Smith, but there is so much more to the man and his movies than that one line. Yes. Sometimes he <laughs> makes fun of himself. In the movies. But you didn't say it ironically, you just said it. <laughs> Already arguing with me from Oxford, Ohio. Welcome back, Kevin Saunders. Glad to be here. Yeah, whatever. And uh, also joining us today... <laughs> also joining us today from uh, somewhere in the Chicago area is Kiki Cannon. Welcome back to the show. Hi! So I guess we could start out with uh, you continuing that little rant there, Kevin. What's wrong with Snoochie Boochies? <laughs> There's nothing inherently wrong with Snoochie Boochies. It just doesn't really fit in with his work. It's one of those things that I think sort of came out of uh, Mallrats. I know that's where it started. Yeah. Because um, he was trying to, they were trying to make Zan Silent Bob sort of this this bigger thing than they really were, and much more more humorous, less stoner. Which now, mind you, we've had a lot of big stoner comedies since then, but you know, you compare Jane Silent Bob from Clerks to Mallrats, and even Mallrats Chasing Amy, there's a, there's a very big difference in tone between those films. Yeah, um, as well as things that like it's kind of funny in the context of Mallrats, but outside of that, it just sounds silly. Yeah. <laughs> Except for the At fact that it was. When you go back and listen to it, when you listen to this episode and you're going to hear yourself say it, you're going to cringe just like I did. <laughs> I'm sure I will. Uh, well, a brief intro to uh, to Kevin Smith. Uh, very, very good director uh, and writer. And honestly, I shouldn't be introducing him, actually. Kevin, do you want to give a brief introduction to just who the hell Kevin Smith is and why anybody should care about him or his work? Um, I don't know why you should care about him, because that's up to you. Mm. But Kevin Smith is is sometimes best known as the Clerks guy, uh, because for $22,000, mostly on maxed out credit cards and borrowed from his friends in the 1990s, he made a movie called Clerks in black and white, based on his time working as a clerk in a convenience store. The same convenience store he was he filmed the movie in while he was still working there. Hmm. It got picked up by Miramax, became a pretty big, you know, hit, especially for for, for the movie of its kind, um, aka Dirt Cheap. <laughs> uh, and and it, it that's that's where he started. And he's been I wouldn't say he's been writing that ever since, because the man has managed to continually put out quality entertainment um, ever since then. Uh, people argue and say, you know, well, well, this wasn't so good, and you know, Jersey Girl sucked, or what was the deal with Cop Out, and things like that. That that, yeah, okay, they weren't 
groundbreaking movies. They weren't the Citizen Kane of slacker films. Um, something somebody probably called Clerks at one point in time. But they're not bad movies by any means. They're just not what people wanted in some cases. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I like his stuff. Um, I've seen all but one of the things he's done. We were talking about this pre-show. Um, the one thing I haven't seen was the three-episode arc that he, he was a part of on Degrassi, The Next Generation. But I do have it on DVDs that we remedied in the near future. Fantastic. So, uh, for those who are unfamiliar with, with a big portion of Kevin Smith's work, uh, known as the Askewniverse, named after the uh, kind of production studio, I guess, that he created, uh, or that he goes under the name of, um, it sort of it started with Clerks, uh, continued with with Mall Rats, and then uh, yeah, basically all the movies and, and um, animated shorts and, and the animated series in which Jay and Silent Bob appear. Uh, they're kind of the one constant that that lets you know it's an Esk Universe movie. Um, Chasing Amy, Dogma, Dogma. then uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and then finally Clerks, Clerks too. too. Yeah. Um, so those those movies plus uh, an animated series that happens between Jay and Silent Bob, well, sort of before Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and then another kind of interim one before Clerks Two, uh, kind of make up this this alternate universe that that Kevin Smith creates uh, around his his hometown of uh, what is it Red Red Bank, New Jersey? Yep, Red Bank. Red Bank, New Jersey, and uh, and some you know various other locations that Jay and Bob go to, and uh, and they're a big movie. Oh, and, and in Dogma. Um, but it's, and it's an interesting world. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a world in which, uh, Jason Lee and Matt, uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon play multiple characters, uh, including themselves in various contexts. It's, <laughs> it's a bit of a tongue in cheek universe, uh, very, very full of, uh, fantasy. I mean, uh, I'll, uh, Alanis Morrison is God. Everybody's and monologues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, very, very weird things go on. Um, you know, the entire plot of Dogma is uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are some pissed off angels that want to go destroy the world by trying to get back into heaven. And, uh, you know, one person, the last scion, is deemed to, to stop them. And, you know, helped along by Chris Rock and Salma Hayek and some other antics along the way. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I feel like um, the first thing we can maybe talk about Kevin Smith's films is they really are a vehicle for him to espouse his personal philosophy about many, many, many things. Uh, would that be an accurate description, Kevin? Um, maybe, but I, I think you're going to find that's true of most creator-driven works. So saying that, you know, Kevin Smith feels this way about stuff and that comes out in his movies isn't, isn't exactly a broad thing. Clerks was about his time working in... A, a convenience store. Mallrats was a little bit different. I, I don't think there's a big political message in Mallrats. Uh-huh. Um, but it's it's about relationships and things like that. Chasing Amy, he has said, was very much based on his relationship with Joey Lauren Adams, who, who plays Alyssa, the yeah. main char- one of the main characters in the film. Dogma was him dealing with his religion. Um, Jay and Silent Bob was a love letter to his fans. Again, that's something he has said. And, and Clerks wish 2 was and wish fulfillment. <laughs> he made it because he could. <laughs> and Clerks 2 was about being in your mid-30s. I mean, that's what it was about. And he said, you know, once he hits his mid-40s, he'll probably make a Clerks 3 about being in your mid-40s. Right. Which 
I look forward to. Um, also, there's the other other movie he penned that everyone tries to forget, although I don't see why, which is Jersey Girl, which he made because he had a daughter. I mean, he and he was you know dealing with fatherhood and sort of that sort of what that brought up in him. So, yes, his movies depict what he feels, but Joss Whedon does the same thing. I'm sure J.J. Abrams does the same thing. Yeah, but I, I mean. You, you mentioned the, the dialogue uh, or the monologue heavy nature of, uh, well, and dialogue, I would say, the, the, the monologue and dialogue heavy nature of Kevin Smith films. And obviously there's, it, it reminds me a lot of, of, you know, Plato having Socrates talk, you know, with various other people. And uh, even though the, you know, what Socrates says may not be word for word what Plato believes, the idea is that through the dialogue and through these interactions that happen over the course of the, the work, that you sort of get a certain idea in your head uh, in a roundabout fashion. It's not explicitly stated to you, but it's sort of left up to you to figure out in, in many ways. And I felt like there was a lot of that going on in, uh, in, in the Kevin Smith movies, especially the Ask Universe films. Do, do you have, have, want to chime in on this, Kiki? Not, not really? You still, still drinking your jolt? No, no, there she is. <laughs> I don't think it's kicked in yet. No, I'm just, I, I, I just had never thought about it in that way, and it kind of hurt my brain a bit. Oh, so. I'm sorry. Well, while you're recovering, we can have Kevin fill in the, the space in the audio. <laughs> Kevin? <laughs> what do you want to talk about now? Oh, nothing, what, man. What's going just on? Huh? Start arguing with me what again or something. What am I ranting about this time? <laughs> Plato, Kevin that? Smith. Is uh, there a comparison? Plato, Kevin Smith. Uh, sure, why not? Uh, it's, I, I think a, a good example of that it, uh, can be found through his own works. Um, something we haven't talked about yet is the Evening with Kevin Smith DVDs. There's three of them out right now, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, which, are, which are based on his, his Q&A sessions, which he goes to places, people asking questions, he answers them in funny ways. Um, on the second one, Evening with Kevin and Smith 2, Evening Harder, he, um, someone asks him about Lord of the Rings, and he has this kind of diatribe about it, how it's, you know, three movies about people walking somewhere, and it's boring. He doesn't like it. And then if you go watch Clerks 2, that bit is literally lifted straight out of there and given to one of the characters. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, that's, that's so yes, it's, it's him putting his views in a fictionalized form. And I think he makes some good points about Lord of the Rings. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the, the, we I, don't, the, I guess the, the, the difference is we don't really have an equivalent of the, the evenings with Kevin Smith to go to for Plato uh, because we don't have anything where he's speaking sort of in his own <laughs> voice. <laughs> um, yeah, it would have been really nice. You know, platonic dialogues. Uh, the, yeah. Yeah. Do a Q&A with Plato. A Q and A with Plato. I mean, a, an Actually, evening with Plato would would be <laughs> would yeah, be, a, be a, a pretty epic thing, I imagine. Um, I don't think there would be lightsaber duels on stage, but yeah, there there would be there would be good yeah. moments, I believe. Uh, well, there was and it, and it would suffer for it. Called, yeah. I hate Aristotle. Uh, there was a play I wanted to write called "I Hate Aristotle" or "Aristotle was overrated." That's what it was. <laughs> um, so I, I got tired of Aristotle for a while, and so in in retaliation or whatnot, um, I outlined a play called Aristotle's Overrated, in which the main character, who was, yes, a thinly veiled version of me, goes back in time and argues with him about stuff, and then brings him to the future in Act 2. 
So it could have just as easily been Play-Doh, although I don't have as much of a beef with Play-Doh. <laughs> I mean, how can you? Story, so he's yeah, he's such an invisible guy. Quietly and quickly. Hmm. So, so Kiki, um, do you want to go ahead and play devil's advocate here and, and just tell us why we're completely... Oh, I think we just dropped Kevin Smith. Or <laughs> we dropped Kevin Smith from the call, and now we dropped Kevin Saunders from the call. <laughs> Sorry about um, that, Kevin. How much of that you... You seem I just, to kick me out accidentally I, every time I tell a long, boring story. <laughs> it's, I swear it's a coincidence, man. Truly. It's... Um, <laughs> It's no. it's just that Steven hits the, okay. the shut up Kevin button. I believe you this time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not surprised. No, Kiki, I, I was I was curious if you wanted to, to like play devil's advocate and tell us why we're incredibly wrong about uh, loving the, the Kevin Smith films. <laughs> no, I mean I I adore Kevin Smith. Like okay. uh, it's you know, I I just rewatched Mulrats the other day, but um you know, I never really thought about the the deep philosophy too much, except in dogma, where it kind of you know it's begs there, you yeah. to do that. <laughs> um, it's pretty obvious that he's he's ragging on organized, or at least organized religion as it stands. Kevin Smith. I mean, it's worth noting that Kevin Smith is uh, definitely a believer. Uh, he thanks God first in every single one of his credit sequences, and and if you really think about it, I, I think dogma is a critique more of the religious system than of spirituality and belief in God in general. I mean, nowhere does he really seriously make any arguments against the existence of God. It's sort of satirical through Matt Damon's character maybe once. He's actually said on his evening DVDs uh, that he believes in God solely based on the fact that he has a career. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so when he ceases having a career, d does God cease to exist for him? <laughs> It's possible, yeah. um, although he's got two more films in the works, so I don't think that's likely to happen anytime soon. <laughs> uh, he starts shooting Red State in November or September, and then he's got Hit Somebody, which he's still writing. So, hmm. I'm just saying. Well, but, sounds like uh, God... Uh... He, he, is, he is a believer, and he said that. Hmm? Well, yeah, and and if you if you actually watch Dogma, it's it's very obvious that he's not dissing God or having a belief in God, right? Um, but it is kind of worthy to note that the main thing, which I guess you know, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, um, you know, the the demon actually uses the church group who is fighting to keep this, you know, random John Doe on life support because life is so sacred is, you know, is the the way they imprison God. Yeah. You know, and it's, <laughs> it's specifically because of the actions of that church group just falling into, you know, like, no, life is sacred no matter what. And, you know, and not really thinking their actions through is the thing that kind of makes all of this possible. Yeah, you know, and so. I definitely got the, the impression that there, there were distinct things about uh, religious practice that he was, he was ranting on. Um, he was trying to create a wake-up call to people to say that, you know, maybe isn't, there isn't just uh, one very strict orthodox way of, of approaching reverence for God. I mean, the, the buddy Jesus thing. Like, some people would say, oh, that's, that's, uh, that's, blasphemy or you know heretical or something it's uh 
Well, I did say that. Um, He got death threats when he was making the film. Really? (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, They they would post a a death threat of leak. Huh. Yeah, and 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 uh, Catholics um, and some church groups just protested the hell out of that opening. I mean, I remember I remember that happening pretty clearly. That, Interesting. You know, it was all over yeah. the news. Well, Kevin Smith actually went to one of the uh, Kevin Smith went to one of the protests and protested his film. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember you, that. You can find a YouTube video from the news. Um, and it is, it's Kevin Smith clearly at a protest holding a sign and they interview him because they sort of figured out that it was him. <laughs> and yeah. uh, they just thought it was really funny. And again, he tells the story one of his evenings um, because it's a funny story about he, how he protested his own film because he was saying that most people who were protesting it hadn't seen it. Um, and and, it and more him, apparently, yet. or they would have recognized him. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, it was one of those things, like, well, he, he was excited because there was going to be, like, you know, like a ton of people at the thing, supposedly, that were going to be there, and it was maybe, like, ten people to protest. <laughs> so he was yeah. kind of disappointed by that. Yeah, he did, he did make a sign, and um, they actually wouldn't let him hold the sign because it had cursing on it, and they're like, we, we don't, we don't want to condone that. Uh, uh, <laughs> he, he had to cover up part of the sign. That's funny. Yeah. But the, the thing uh, about Kevin Smith is, and this is something that, like, I like, I like his movies. I like talking about it. But talking about his life is something that he does way better than anybody else can. Because that's what he does now, is he has um, the Smodcast, which, if you're listening to our podcast and you're not listening to Smodcast, I'm a little surprised because you totally should be listening to his yeah. too. Uh, which, I mean, he has said is basically his attempt to do an autobiography and write about his life. Not write, but talk about his life in you know, an easy way because I mean all of his good stories start there and move on. Is it uh, is it just him on Smodcast or does he bring other people it, on board? It's it's him and uh, Scott Mosier, who's probably like his best friend, yeah. as well as the guy who makes most of his movies. Um, there are the S and M of Smith and Mosier of Smodcast. That's uh, where the name comes. Gotcha. But you know, we can talk about Kevin Smith, which I love to do because I'm a fan. I made Stephen watch all the movies because he hadn't seen them, and that's fine. But like, I feel like I've just been repeating his stories that he tells so much better than I do. So sure. Well, well yeah. we can we can continue <laughs> to, to to talk more like about his uh, his movies themselves. Um, mm-hmm. particularly, you know, the, the messages of the various ones, uh, I feel like, you know, may, maybe some of the things that he's revealed in the evenings with Kevin Smith have shed light on, on what he was meaning to convey in these various films, but I'm sure he's open to, to interpretation by various folks. Uh, I kind of want to start at maybe one of the quirky ones, uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Okay, so it's a love letter to his fans, uh, but clearly there's some anti-Hollywood establishment type of stuff in there that I'm sure many many of the, the producers and, and even some of the actors possibly working on the film were not terribly comfortable with. I mean, he, he, kind, of, he kind of bashes mainstream Hollywood in a, a little bit in the film, doesn't he? Yeah, but he does it with love. 
Yeah, I mean, you can tell that most of the jokes in there, you can really only do those jokes if you know so much about Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. You know? So it's definitely, like, you know, a bit of a ribbing, but I think it's a bit of a ribbing because it's it's one of those, I know you can do better, so, you know, do it kind of things. Mm-hmm. Is he... Rather... I- I know we we said we're talking about his movies, but I kind of want to go off on that. Is is he kind of uh, is he the court jester for Hollywood? Is he kind of the guy that keeps everybody uh, laughing at themselves and realizing their faults? You know, realizing when they're taking themselves too seriously. Um, I don't think so. Uh, mainly because of his recent tirade against film critics. Huh. Uh, he's he's basically come out and said he doesn't want critics at his stuff. He's not doing pre-screenings for them. Um, instead, he's going to give out tickets to random people and let them decide what they think of it, um, or at least make the critics pay for his films to see them. And, and why is that? <laughs> like, does, does he really have something against, uh, against um, folks he just got, forming opinions about his tired, movies? He's tired of this, this holier-than-thou aspect that so many of them take, at least in his opinion, mm. that so many of them take. Um, particularly because there's, you know, his fans pay to see his movies and usually enjoy them, whereas critics see them for free and get to make fun of them. Hmm. Um, that's sort of his take on it. And I'm probably poorly paraphrasing when he said much fun or somewhere else. But uh, I think, I don't know, I think there is truth, kind of, Stephen, to what you say, is that he does kind of, act as the court jester for a lot of things. I mean, you know, he he does kind of you know, kind of joke about, like in Mallrats, you know, he, he does a lot of jokes about comic book fandom. And if you've ever seen Comic Book the Movie, which was done by Mark Hamill. Is that the one with Mark Hamill? That was a yeah. terrible film. <laughs> I, I adored it. I thought it was the greatest I'm love letter for family fandom ever but kevin smith was in that and he had a lot of you know a lot of it was off the cuff you know improv in the film and kevin smith had a lot of jokes in there when he was being interviewed by mark hamill about you know that he doesn't save comic books he rips them up (laughs) because you know that's that's what they're meant for so he reads them once and then rips them up and you know and mark hamill's character is a very you know like comic book purist who is just horrified that they're not bagged and boarded and preserved. Right, he's, he's the Jason Lee character, you basically. Know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, it's, I think he does that whenever he's, he's in other things. He does that a little bit in um, the Degrassi stuff he did. You know, there's kind of, you know, pointing out the, the silliness of the, the teen drama. Which it is, you know, kind of. The, oh, he has so he loves Degrassi so much. Like he's a major fan of Degrassi. Hmm. Oh, you can you can tell all the stuff that he makes fun of. Pretty much, you can tell he loves. I mean, he makes fun of religion, you know, and he loves. And I mean, he's got the Jason Lee character, but that you know, kind of is the crazy comic book fan. But he loves comic books, and you yeah, know, I mean, clearly, it's it's not like I mean, he knows his stuff. You can tell when when they're talking about comic books; these are very inside references, like the, not references that would be made by someone outside trying to ridicule comic books. They're they're jabs, like you say, uh, and and I feel like he he does that a lot for for most of the subjects that he covers. 
Um, getting getting back to his to his films though, um, Chasing Amy. I I did not realize I guess when it, when it came out in its day. Uh, just what kind of a film it was. I mean, I, I vaguely remember when Chasing Amy came out in theaters as a kid, and I just, my dad, I mentioned it to my dad the other day, and he's like, isn't that a romantic comedy? And I was like, um, not exactly. <laughs> uh, romantic comedy? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny, but it's, it's, a very, it's arguably his most dramatic film. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it, it's a big departure from Mallrats, uh, touching Which on some very made. weighty subjects. It, it still, you know, I mean, the, the stuff he covers in that film is still extremely relevant today uh, when we're talking about uh, gender relationships and, uh, you know, especially homosexuality and, and just all the, the controversy around that. I mean, the, his treatise on it is still extremely relevant Um I, I'm I'm kind of surprised that was was it one of Ben Affleck's first like big films was when abouts did did Ben Affleck get large? Um, well, he kind of got his start with Kevin Smith. Right, I suspected uh, that he did Mallrats. I don't know. I don't remember if he did Blue Hunting before or after Chasing Amy. Although I want to say it was after. Pretty sure um, it was after. But Kevin Kevin Smith actually helped fund Goodwill Hunting. Like, oh. he was one of the guys behind it. Um, and, of course, he jokes that, you know, he was doing Mallrats, or he was doing Chasing Amy, and he wanted to add all his uh, Ben Affleck wanted to add all these jokes, and Kevin Smith said, well, why don't you go write your own movie? And then he did, and it was Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> <laughs> but Kevin Smith is actually very supportive of that, and, and did help him get his start in the business. So... Which yes. is why, and probably why Ben Affleck. Affleck has been so willing to come back into bit parts and all the the... Oh, yeah. Future well, Kevin Smith movies friends. that he's done. I mean, that's sort of you know, they, they're not exactly close now, but at the time, they were they were good friends. I mean, that's yeah. where they got that's where he got started. Um, yeah. Was because Kevin Smith cast him as the guy who did something in the back of a Volkswagen. Yeah, <laughs> something uncomfortable. I'm, what, like the I'm back trying of a Volkswagen? to keep this relatively clean, which is <laughs> yeah. very difficult to do when we're talking about Kevin Smith. Just, just say something yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I guess that that's a good segue into another big aspect of of Kevin Smith's films. He is unabashedly vulgar. Uh, it, it's almost to the to the point where you don't even notice it anymore. I, I certainly. I guess I came into these movies already sort of desensitized to cursing and uh, sexual references in films. I mean, it, it's <laughs> I, I I'm kind of an adult. I've kind of heard exactly it all. Do, yeah, it's and it really yeah. I think it's almost one of his his points of extreme maturity to go look. You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat things. This is the way people talk in Jersey, and you know, deal with it. <laughs> And and he does yeah. that, and and it just it just, but it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like they're they're cursing just for the sake of cursing. It's just part of how how they're talking. Well, and, yeah. and if you listen to Kevin Smith for any period of time, that's how he talks. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, the he writes that, the way he talks. The thing that really shocked me. I don't know if if Kevin, if you've read his um, my boring ass life, his diary book that well, he released. Diary, it's his blog. Well, yeah, it was his blog, diary, whatever. It was um, his blog that they put into a book. <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> blogs or diaries deal with it. You I'm heard not me talking about that. Deal with it. <laughs> I don't care that it's a blog. I just, I find 
and, and I don't know if I've talked about it somewhere else, but I find the idea of books that are just compilations of blogs annoying. I, 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 I do as well. Um, I accidentally read Scott Adams, the guy that did Dilbert. I used to be a Dilbert fan back in the day, and this is going to be a bit of a divergent Kevin rant, but deal with it. That's I cool. Bad trails. Thumbs up. And I like had the books, and I'd never worked in an office setting, and I I just enjoyed it for some reason. Not really important. And Scott Adams wrote a couple books. He wrote uh, the Dilbert Principle, the Dilbert Future, and then another one that I didn't read. And then recently, I saw a book of his called "Stick to Drawing Comics, Monkey Brain," which I thought was a great name for a book. <laughs> uh, and and I got it, and I read it, and it was sort of in these very short little chapters, maybe a page or two long, and event. Eventually, I realized this is his blog. They just put his blog in a book, and that made me angry because I paid three dollars for this book. Yeah, and you could have just spent and some electrons to do blog. the same thing. And, and the thing is, because it was in the format of a blog, a lot of it was very repetitive. It was stuff that he'd talked about before, and he'd be self-referential. The worst part about it, though, was the fact that they tried to hide the fact that it was a blog. <laughs> because I would say this blog, you could tell someone had gone and like search, find, replace blog with book. Hmm. Yeah, and you know, so there'd been minimal editing done on it, um, and so it wasn't terribly obvious at first that it was there was originally a book. And there was even a thing at the beginning talking about how the book was divided up into short, easy chapters for quick reading, uh, and I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's a lie. It's a blog. Each one is a blog post. But then he started commenting, like in the latter half of the book or so, that people had been responding to things that he'd talked about in the earlier part of the book. Uh, and I'm like, well, people can't have responded to it if it hasn't happened yet because the book just came out. And that's what it is. Now, because there are obvious exceptions, which is something I stole from his book, so, you know, deal with it. Um, there is one blog book that I read that I think was a lot better than most, and that was Will Wheaton's Just a Geek. Because, Love that book. because it's not just a collection of things from his blog. It is collections of things from his blog with commentary from Will Wheaton like seven years later and talking about what he was going through at the time when he was writing this and his perspective on it now and... Will Wheaton is a good writer, so that certainly helps. Although he points out that he wasn't always a good writer, like when he started writing his blog. And there's there's a story to the book that uh, and that he creates using these posts and using what was happening in his life that worked a lot better than just putting all the things in the blog. So no, answer your question, Keith. Yeah, I've not read my boring ass life by Kevin Smith. <laughs> well. Uh, getting back anyway. on track then. <laughs> I, well, not completely back on track. But, uh, definitely thumbs up for Will Wheaton. Um, in the same way, his Memories of the Future cast is not just him reading segments from Memories of the Future. It's him adding things to what's written in the in the text and and making it making it a live performance and, and really a, a a good work on its own. Yeah, uh, but yes, I Kiki, go ahead. Um, but the, you were talking about his vulgarity, and it, the, the the thing is, is reading in the foreword to My Boring Ass Life, he was talking about the, the reason that he had compiled all of this into a book was in part so that, you know, you know, if his daughter ever wanted to know what he was like during her childhood for real, that she could look <laughs> back on it and read it. <laughs> the disturbing aspect of this book, though, for me, 
is that quite a large chunk of it is, you know, it's it's very much diary format going through his day. And much of it will be like, I woke up at 6 a.m., I, you know, went and sat on the toilet while I checked my email, uh, <laughs> you know, then I was feeling a little bit randy, so I pulled out the nude picture of my wife that I keep in my wallet, and I took care of myself in the hotel room, and then, <laughs> you know, like, you know, cleaned it up quite a bit, but there's lots and lots of just in-depth stuff about, you know, his sex life and his bodily functions and you know it's like it is kind of tmi the book you know <laughs> but uh i mean you've talked about this before with me kevin uh he he doesn't really sugarcoat things for his kids right like he he's pretty no, open he with them uh well kid, he only has one but yeah he's he's very okay. open about his life he's he curses in front of her and what's funny is he's actually said that she is like super like she doesn't curse at all because huh. it's what her dad does. And <laughs> yeah. so she's sort of gone against that in ways. It sort of it has become something different in that um, she's turned out very different from him. And he kind of equates that because he just curses all the time and is vulgar and stuff like that. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just it really... It really shows people that there are many ways to raise a child properly, and one of them can include <laughs> being a complete vulgar, uh, quote, potty mouth all the time, <laughs> as, yeah. as Kevin Smith is, is one to do. do that. Yeah. Well, that's, that's pretty awesome. And, and it's just another, another aspect of his, you know, screw you world, I'm going to do things the way I want to do, and, and not really worry about what you have to think about it attitude uh that's that's yeah. worked for him so well i think that there's that he likes doing things that people don't necessarily expect him to do huh because it's like you know he did clerks and it was very kind of introspective one set you know all this kind of stuff and then people were like okay so he's gonna be like kind of the artsy film you know, guy. And then he went and did Mallrats, which was a complete guy. farce. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, it was. It's it's just complete out and out insanity. Um, and then everybody was like, okay, so he's going to make the crazy stoner things. And then he turns around and does Chasing Amy, which is, you know, introspective in a different way and very kind of, you know, let's look through relationships. And then they were like, okay, so he's the the crazy guy who doesn't you know, like, you know, he's completely, like, against God and the establishment and everything. And then he does <laughs> dogma, you know. And, I mean, it's just every time, you know, he does a film, whatever comes after it is just, you know, 180 from whatever he did before. Yeah. I, and and I, I definitely well, I think, appreciate him for that. But, uh, well, go, go ahead, Kevin, and then I've got a follow-up comment on that. Say, I, th I think he's continuing with that with... Um, his newest movie that he's got coming out is called Red State. It's a horror film. It's it's not funny. It's I mean, it'll probably be a little funny. But it is meant to be just a straight-up kind of slasher film as an homage to those sorts of films that he saw when he was, you know, younger. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and Kevin has dropped again. Uh, okay, we'll get him back in here. 
This is what happens when Kevin tells long stories. The internet, <laughs> exactly. just, just, the internet says no. <laughs> Failed user not online. That's odd. Well, I guess we could just bring in Simon Ponder. He's calling me. Why is he calling you? Tell him to stop doing that. <laughs> the internet says no, Kevin. I tried calling the group back, but it didn't work. No, you I have... on that big of a rant. I, I have to I have to add you back. And now okay. Kiki's Kiki's on. Well hold. that's because I was calling Kiki I apparently was calling Kiki when I was trying to call the group. Because I clicked the button that said call groups. So that was what I was attempting to do. Mm -hmm. But apparently it didn't work. And so she's like, Kevin, why are you calling me? And I was like, oh. But um so What yeah. if? So we'll get it back in track, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> and now Kiki dropped. Okay. Uh, and here we go. Okay, everybody's back. <laughs> Woohoo. So, so Kevin, crazy. you were on, I think the last thing you said was that, that um, red space is, or red, red state. Red state is. As in like red state or blue state. Oh, gotcha. Is is pretty um, much a slasher film, and it's a, it an homage it's, to other slasher films. Um, I don't think I would I would say it's an homage. I'd say it's probably going to be a. I, and again, I haven't seen the script, so I don't know for sure. But what he said, it's going to be pretty much just a slasher film. Okay. Um, there's going to be a guy who's killing you know teenagers who have sex. <laughs> Hooray! Um. Oh, the, the the one interesting and kind of different thing about this particular slasher film is that the slasher, the the evil bad guy person, is actually based on Fred Phelps, who hmm. I don't know if you're familiar nice. with the Westboro Baptist Church, but the Westboro Baptist Church is the one who protests soldiers' mm. funerals and other things that are distasteful, and so Comic Con. Yeah, they did Comic Con. Although Comic Con's not that distasteful, mm. um, but he 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 and his quote unquote church protest those, and so Fred Phelps is making a movie, or Kevin Smith is making a movie where Fred Phelps is the bad guy. That's fantastic. Based on Fred Phelps, because you obviously <laughs> can't have the actual Fred Phelps because you'd get sued. Mm-hmm. That makes me so happy. I mean, I love slasher films in general, and it's just, you know, that that just makes my fangirl heart skip a beat. So, <laughs> so. Uh, He's had the script in the can for a while. He just had trouble getting financing for it. Uh, <laughs> although he has, he has successfully done so, obviously, because we're starting to shoot soon. Fantastic. Um, and then his next film he's working on is called Hit Somebody, which is based on... A song by Warren Zevin, who I don't know if you all are familiar with him at all. I don't know why you would be. But um, the song is actually written by Mitch Ablon, the guy who wrote Tuesdays with Maury. And it's about a guy who's a goon in hockey. Um, okay, he's the one who hits people. That's his <laughs> job. But he always wanted to be a real hockey player, and he never gets a chance. And the song is really good. You should go listen to it. But so he's making a whole movie based on that. Yeah. Well, and the movie is apparently going to cover like 30 years, um, and Sean William Scott has been cast to play the goon. Okay, what is so, it with huh. that? I, Sean William Scott, well, I guess one of his first things was uh, Jay and Bob Strike Back, wasn't it? Or did, did he... No. No? He did American Pie long before that. 
I guess it was. I, yeah. I'm getting my sequence wrong. But he also what did is, um, Where's My Car. He did Evolution. He did lots of stuff. Yeah. So I, I, what is what is Kevin Smith's thing about John William Scott? I mean, I, I've never been a, a huge fan of him, but I guess Kevin Smith sees something in him. Um, well, he actually cast him because of Cop Out, which is his most recent film, which we haven't talked about as much, because Kevin just directed it as opposed to writing it. Right. But, um, I mean, he said he, he worked with him during Cop Out, and that's when he really decided that he was the guy for the role. Hmm. Um, I, I like Sean William Scott. I think he's done some good stuff. I don't, I don't think... <laughs> I, I've not seen everything he's done, but I liked American Pie. I thought they were funny. I liked Evolution. Uh Dude Wears My Car is one of my guilty pleasures, and probably the only thing with Ashton Kutcher in it that I'll regularly watch. I, I still have and, not seen it all the way through. I've seen like the first 15 I, minutes of it. I think it's a great movie. And it's one of those movies that you, you either love or you hate, and I understand that. But I'm in the strongly in the love camp. I, another thing we haven't really talked about is, is kind of Kevin Smith's knack for getting the perfect people to play the roles that he needs in his movies. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking particularly of Dogma. I mean, he got some some pretty big names in that movie, and they all fit really, really well. Is, is that... Uh, I, I mean, why, why do you think he's able to do that, or why does he choose to, to do that? I, I think he, he chooses to do it because he wants to make a good movie. But <laughs> maybe that, that's why you generally cast the people who you well, write for. I, I do think he's, he's very good at that. Uh, with with uh, one exception, this isn't his fault, and it's one. It's 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 only a pet peeve of mine because I love Rosario Dawson, who was in Clerks too. Yeah. But um, Zach and Mary make a porno. His other other film we haven't mentioned yet. How that long without mentioning two of his films, um, which I think is a very good film of his, um, and I think got unnecessarily panned by critics. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Miri was written for Rosario Dawson. And because uh, Kevin Smith likes to reuse actors, especially if he likes them, which is what happened. In Clerks 2, he said, well, I want to write a movie with you. And that, that guy who was a 40-year-old virgin, Seth Rogen, which is all he was <laughs> yeah. at that point in time. Um, then he made other movies and became famous. But uh, And now he's going to be I, the, the Green Hornet. Green Hornet. Which, funny enough, was originally going to be written and directed by Kevin Smith until. Oh. So, so what? Not, uh, not with Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen wasn't in the cast for that. But wh- Kevin what's Smith, the deal with that? I mean, do, do you think uh, do you think it's the right direction to go for for a Green Hornet reboot? I don't know. I mean, it, I it's, see it. it's it seems like they might be going a little bit like slapstick with it. Which well, yeah, I, you know, Michelle, pay off. Michelle Gondry's directing it, and he is a good director. So I I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going to I'm going to hold off <laughs> you know on judging it until I see it, I think. Although if you want to it read could go Kevin either Smith way. Uh, if you want to see the Kevin Smith version of it, um, it actually got released as a comic by somebody. They took the script, hired a hired an artist and made it into a six-part comic. Oh, so, wow. Just I haven't read it cuz I don't know where to get it. But if I did, I, I, it's one of those things I'd like to read. Cool. I, I guess yeah. a, another thing, I'm just sort of on this path, but uh, just superhero movies in general. And I think we've sort of talked about this on a previous episode, but I, I saw a, uh, a Fandom Secret uh, picture 
that that kind of summed up my my thoughts on uh, the new Avengers movie. And it, it's just a photo of of all of the uh, the major actors plus Joss Whedon uh, standing on stage at, at Comic Con, so, shoulder to shoulder. And the the caption is like, "There's so much good talent here, but I think it's going to suck." And uh, honestly, I kind of have to agree. Like, I, I just cannot see, I just cannot see the, all those elements coming together to make a good movie. I don't, I don't know what. Do y'all agree with that or what? I think you're really pessimistic, Stephen. I um, I think it can be good. I don't think it's guaranteed to be good, but I I've been I'm I'm willing to be surprised by a lot of things. Yeah. Um, we we are so much stuck in this hype mode nowadays that drives me crazy when it comes to these sorts of things. When movies come out, people get really excited about it. And if it doesn't live up to absolutely every single one of their possible expectations, we get sad. Um, because, yeah. it, I mean, and uh, I can think of a lot of examples of that. One in, in the superhero vein was Kick-Ass recently, which mm-hmm. I thought was a really fun film. Um, I, I didn't think there was anything like, I didn't think it was terrible. I was like, oh, man. But I have to admit, I was a little disappointed when I walked out of it because I got sucked into the hype machine. Mm-hmm. Something that I, I tried to make a point of not doing and of avoiding from then on. Um, with some success, some not success. Um, kind of the same way with Scott Pilgrim coming out, which I'm trying not to be terribly excited about. And I've, oh, I've actually man. kind of shut I, down. What? I, I'm failing at that, dude. I, I, I read oh, the entire yeah, series. <laughs> I read the entire series, and and then I I did the whole like interactive trailer promotional thing. And <laughs> I didn't do that. Oh, I've seen trailers. And I've read the whole series. <sighs> did, I, did I put you on the series, Stephen, or did you pick it up on your own? That feels like one of those things I told you to read. But um, I I knew I wanted to read it because of the movie coming out. Like I saw the trailer, and then uh, Benjamin Brown, who I, I, I we've had on the show before. I know you know him. Um, he he actually showed me one at at a party over at their place one time, and I did not make the connection at the moment. But they were talking about, oh man, yeah, they're making a movie. And then I I saw the trailer and I was like, that looks pretty cool. Uh, and then went in and found the volumes at Barnes and Noble. And I was like, oh, I've seen this before. Oh, this is that thing. And and so I then I I got all six volumes and I read them all and uh, got the sixth one a uh, few days after it came out. Uh, and and it was an extremely enjoyable, well written graphic novel series uh and and i got really excited for the film uh when i saw the the trailer and just you know paused it and looked at things and and noticed how faithful they were to so many elements of the graphic novel and then you know just watching even then even then i'm i'm i am i i don't want to and i I really am shutting myself off i actually have somebody remind me the movie was coming out next week right because (laughs) because i just I want to go into it clean. I want to go into it, you know, and enjoy it as the movie it is, not as based on anything else, but as saying, I saw the trailer, and this looks like it could be fun and funny, and hopefully I will enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I really, I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm going to fall into sort of the Harry Potter camp of, oh, man, they, they left this out from the books and stuff, but I, 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 I see sort of where they're going with the film, and I'm okay with that. Like, they're really playing up the the battles with the exes as as kind of the main 
uh, plot driver, which you know, for the for the series, yeah, Stephen, it's, is, is. I really wish you of... wouldn't be saying these things because I'm trying to go in cold turkey. <laughs> you haven't even seen the trailer. <laughs> I saw the trailer. Like I've seen it when I went to a movie theater and it played in front of the trailer. What, was that not was As... that not obvious from the trailer? I guess it wasn't completely obvious. I, I, I think you you've been studying it more than I have. Well, I won't say much more about it, but. <laughs> Um, if, I'm, if we really I'm optimistic. have to, we'll talk about it afterwards. <laughs> I'm I'm really optimistic, but but I at the same time I think they they are going uh, a unique direction with it. It's it's going to be its own work and should be taken on its own. And uh, you know, and I'm perfectly okay having enjoyed the series, seeing what what movie comes out of, of out of that, inspired by it. Well, but, and, uh, you know, it's it's like for me. That like my version of that was when Watchmen came out. You know, mm-hmm. I was dreading it. You know, I because I was like, "There's no way they can make it." You know, because I mean, for so many years it had been the the movie nobody would ever be able to make. <laughs> and you know, I'm like, you know, even with the CGI, it's going to look horrible and it's going to be cheesy, and there's no way that they can work in the elements where I'm going to be happy. And I loved it. You know, I mean, they changed the ending, and I still loved it. You know, I mean, it's... <laughs> oh, you should have been here for our Watchmen episode, Kiki. <laughs> but, but, I mean, the thing is, because I was able to take it, you know, on its own. But I'm not always mm-hmm. able to do that. I mean, there, there are some things where I think, you know, the changes are just unnecessary. And, you know, I mean, I always rail against the Spider-Man movies as the movies, mm. like, you know, that it sucks so bad. But um, well, on the plus side, they're rebooting the Spider-Man franchise. Yep, this time yes, for sure. <laughs> and you know what? I hate to say it, but I can't imagine how it would be how it could be worse. You know, <laughs> one, of those, one of those things. Like it might not be good, but I can't imagine how it would be worse than giving the franchise to Sam Raimi. So yeah. I like Sam Raimi. I thought Sam the Raimi is was really good. Did you I, like the Sam Spider-Man Raimi movies? Sam Raimi is the closest thing I have to to a nemesis. Like, if if I were to point to one person and be like, "That is my arch enemy on the planet," it would probably be Sam Raimi. Even <sighs> after, okay, well, first, okay, I guess I should ask since you apparently hate this man so much. Have you actually seen Army of Darkness? <laughs> oh yes, I've I've seen I've seen most oh. of the things he's ever done. And yes, but, and, and I don't know yet. what I feel about this. I, I have I not think, seen Army of Darkness. I'm just going to put that out there. So, well, oh, fail, Steven. I, I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, so, I'm so, I'm still the one that'll say go watch go watch some of the movies. But the thing is, my my deal with with Sam Raimi is that I believe he is inherently a hack who has been whose only talent has been finding talented people to prop him up. Hmm. You know, it's. I think. I think that the the producers he works with. I I believe both of his brothers are very talented. Um, Ivan, I believe, is is a good writer when he writes stuff. And um, Ted, I believe, is a brilliant actor, writer, and director. I love everything he's ever done. But it's. I think that that Sam's only talent has been finding people like Bruce Campbell and you know all these people to kind of. Toby Maguire, really? Toby Maguire, I don't, I don't. Talent and Toby Maguire don't go together in my mind. I'm well, sorry. Well, no, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the the old days. I think that was the oh, way he okay. got to where he is now. 
you know, is when he was starting out, he found all these people around him who were super talented. Mm -hmm. And then once he kind of got away from that, he's marginalized, you know, like, you know, Ted and Bruce have been in most everything he's done. And they went from being like, you know, here's all these characters they're going to play and using them for their real talents to, hey, I'm a big shot director now. Let's give Ted and Bruce these little parts that kind of make them look stupid. Hmm. You know? I still maintain that, that uh, Bruce was going to come back as Mysterio <laughs> one day. Had they kept See, him I, the think, I think Jeffrey Combs should play Mysterio. I think, I think they should just have a body and have Jeffrey Combs' voice dubbed over it, because I think he would be the perfect Mysterio. What, Wei Yoon from DS9, Kevin? Yes. And Dorian from, from Star Trek Enterprise? He was... Uh, what else has Jeffrey Combs done? He was he was the star of the three reanimator movies. Um, I never saw those either. He Damn. was in Frighteners. You never saw Frighteners. Frighteners was that with Michael Jackson? <laughs> Michael J. Fox. <laughs> Michael J. Fox. <laughs> Frighteners did, with did Michael you, Jackson. Did you really just do that, Kevin? <laughs> no, no, I didn't do that. It was a group hallucination. That did not happen. Right. You know, oh God! Now my brain is going off on that. Tangent. You know, conveniently enough, our recording is actually working perfectly right now, Kevin. So, yeah, that's been immortalized. People are insane. I don't know where you got that. You're making things up. It's a lie. Just like the cake. Um, all right. Well, I think we've we've decided that we have talked enough about Kevin Smith and all of his derivatives. Um, <laughs> So let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap things up here on episode seventy. Uh, we've we've made it most of the way to a hundred episodes. I swear, one of these days we'll get there, people. Um, <laughs> thank you, uh, thank you to our guests. Uh, we we were actually going to have Dr. Mark Webb on here, but unfortunately he he did not show up, even though he said he could and he has Skype. And for all intents and purposes, we knew that he could do it, but something happened. But it's okay, we'll get him on in the future, as well as uh, possibly um, Eric, Torgo's Pizza, from Rift Tracks. But uh, this time, you know, we had we had a couple of good people. I, I was, I'm fine with y'all. Kevin Saunders, thank you for being here once again, man. I'm glad I could be adequate. And, uh, and say hello to your, uh, to your housemate there and, and uh, encourage him to get through the last two seasons of Buffy. I'm sure you're cheering him <laughs> on. Yeah, Rob, get through the last two seasons of Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo, he added. He's confused. Okay. <laughs> he just calls you out because he said you hadn't watched it yet. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> <sighs> and Kiki. I five to Kevin's roommate. Yeah. And Kiki, thanks uh, as well for being on here. It's what I do. It is. It is indeed. Where can, uh, where can folks follow you on the interwebs, Kevin? Uh, Twitter.com slash Kevsons. Sweet. And Kiki? Uh, Twitter.com slash Voice of Kiki. You know, y'all can plug things besides your, your Twitter accounts if you have stuff. Yeah, I but I don't really want to. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. I grok that. Yeah, Steve, it's 28 things. He's going to plug. Um, yeah, go Steve. All right. Number one. BadPhilosophy.com. Number two, Twitter.com slash BadPhilosophy. Number three, FormSpring.me slash Captain Valley. Number four, I'm bored. Uh, thank you all. <laughs> thank you all for listening, and uh, here's to another 70 episodes. 
We'll see you next time on Bad Philosophy. So, Kiki, what you been up to? Um, lots and lots of LARPing. <laughs> I didn't know you were a LARPer. Uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty much everything you can be as a geek, but an anime fan. That like that's the the one kind of subgenre I I don't think I'm in. You know, so. <laughs> you know what's really furries? funny? All of all of my furry friends call me a furry because of the the joke about me being a ferret. But I, I do not I consider myself a furry. So there, there okay. are jokes. There are jokes. My furry friends joke with me about me being a furry. But, okay. but well, yeah, fair enough. So it's not oh, something I'm into personally, but it's not something I really diss. You know, I, I didn't really have a follow up joke, so I'm just gonna you know leave some <laughs> See, that's the problem. Most of the jokes people try to get me with don't even phase me. So it's just, it's like the comedy. I, I was, it wasn't actually a joke. And the fact that like the a yes or a no answer would have been funnier than what you went with. Sorry. Like I said, I'm kind I of a joke. Yes or- yeah. Last time I try. That's <laughs> Kevin gives up on comedy. Bad philosophy.com. Stanchy boochies. <laughs>